0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today's episode is a fact or fiction. Fact or fiction episodes take a question, and we answer the question, or they take we take a topic, and we answer the question, is this a fact, or is this fiction? Is this true, or is this false? Our previous and very first fact or fiction episode was on semaglutide. That was a very in-depth look at the drug semaglutide, Ozempic, and I forget the name of the other, the other brand name of the drug. But anyway, the fat loss drug semaglutide. So you can go back and find that episode and see if that is a fact or a fiction, and if that's going to be um, something that you want to get into. Nonetheless, today we're going to talk about being skinny fat. And we're going to talk about if skinny fat is healthier than being just fat. So for those of you who don't know what skinny fat is, which I think we all know what skinny fat is, it is a person who is of normal weight. If you look at them, they look normal. Their structure is normal. Their size per se is normal, but they have a lot of fat on their body and not a lot of muscle. If you touch them and squeeze their arms, their arms would be squishy. And we look at people like that and doc and the healthcare system look at people like this and they deem them as healthier because their size is smaller. And this has led to a whole lot of problems within the healthcare system and within society in general. But that's what we're going to be looking at today. So we base our assumption of health and size or the connection between health and size on BMI. BMI is, has been the downfall of, um, I don't want to say the, the only downfall or the biggest downfall, but it has been a big downfall in healthcare and in guiding people to making better health decisions because BMI, as we're going to see, has very little to do with whether or not you're actually metabolically healthy and that's the point when you're talking about being healthy you're talking about being metabolically healthy you're talking about not having chronic diseases you're talking about not having high glucose levels and you know poor uh, insulin sensitivity and not you know moving towards heart disease and all of these things that's what we're talking about when we talk about being healthy it's not just the way that you, Look, the structure of the body, the size of the body. There are plenty of people, plenty of people who are heavier than skinny people who are healthier. There are plenty. So while there certainly is some something to say with the size of a person, there's not as much as we like to think that there is. Um, so BMI, let's talk about that first so that we can understand why our current tracking device for whether or not we're overweight or obese is maybe not the best thing that we can be using. Uh, BMI stands for Body Mass Index. Um, For those of you who don't know, a BMI, so I'll tell you what BMI is. We're going to talk a lot about the history of BMI because it's somewhat interesting as far as how it became what it is today as a tracking device for healthcare to see whether or not a person is of a, quote, healthy size. Uh, Your BMI is your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. Your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. So we're going to go through what mine looks like here in a little bit, but that's The number, that's how your BMI is calculated when you go to the doctor and they tell you your BMI, that's that's what they're doing. They're taking your weight in kilograms and dividing it by your height in meters squared. A BMI of less than 20 is thought of as being underweight. A BMI between 20 and 25 is normal. A BMI between 25 and about 29 is overweight and then a BMI of 30 plus is obese. Okay, so 20, under 20, underweight, between 20 and 25, normal. Over 25, up to 30 is overweight, over 30 is obese. So where did BMI come from? How did we even begin to have that as the metric that we use to define whether or not a person is overweight or obese? and therefore guide our decision-making a lot of times on what we do about their current health. Well, it came from the 1930s, and between 1930 and 1950, from a guy named Adolf Quetelet, Q-U-E-T-E-L-E-T, Quetelet. Not 100% sure if that's how you say that name, but that's what we're going to go with. Adolf was a Belgian statis, statis, statistician and sociologist, and he was very interested in the study of the human population. And Quetelet used the, quote, Quitalet Index, which is what it was referred to as back in the day, back when he began using it, to help define what the ideal ideal average man should look like. So he wasn't after any health outcomes necessarily. He wasn't trying to define a person as healthy per se, as whether or not they were metabolically healthy, if they were overweight or obese. What he was defining it and how he was using it was to define what a person should just look like, just the structure of the person and what an ideal person and their structure should look like. It wasn't until 1972... And a guy named Ansel Keys, which we're going to talk about um, because he has also been a huge downfall of society, uh, he coined the term BMI, body mass index, in a paper in the Journal of Chronic Disease. Um, he suggested in the paper that BMI would be a would be the best or one of the best uses of Dictating whether or not a people were healthy. Now, to Ansel Keys's credit, he promoted BMI to be used on a societal level, not an individual level. The problem is we're using it at an, an individual level. We'll see why that's a problem soon. He suggested we use it as like based on a population, a large number of people, not just one person. So, Ancel Keys also brought about the low-fat diet craze, essentially. He ran a study in, I believe it was the 1940s and 1950s, maybe a little later, called the Seven Countries Study. And the Seven Countries Study was basically a, a study of countries, and he wanted to see the connection between heart disease and the people of these countries, their cholesterol levels and their fat intake, like to see what that correlation looked like. And his mm, outcome that he brought about, which has been shown to be questionable at best, was that fat intake was correlated with heart disease. So that was adopted into American nutrition, the the United States government adopted that as their nutritional guidance, and around the 1950s and 1960s, we started a shift toward a low-fat and high-carbohydrate diet because we believed that that was moving us away from heart disease. But really, it moved us toward overweight, being overweight, and obesity. And here we are today. So, Ancel Keys has played a gigantic part. This one human being has played a gigantic part in the Not only our nutritional guidance and our health outcomes because of that, but also the guidance within the healthcare system that we use to track whether or not we are healthy through BMI. Now, again, to his credit, fully to his credit, he suggested using BMI on a population level and not on an individual level. That is very important because on a population level, on average, if you look at BMI on a population level, In other words, with thousands or millions of people, then you can get a gauge on how that population, uh, their general health is. Whether or not they are generally overweight or obese or normal or underweight on a population level. However, if you look at an individual, one person, that number does not hold any, not any, it holds very little weight. And here's why. So... Let's talk about my BMI. The equation for BMI, again, is your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. My weight in kilograms is 84 kilos. My height in meters squared, I'm sorry, my height in meters is 1.778. That squared is about 3.16, I believe. So if you divide 84 by 3.16, you get 26.6. If you go back to BMI the chart, as far as what dictates if you're overweight, obese, normal, or underweight. If you go back to that, under 20 was underweight, between 20 and 25 was normal, over 25, so between 25 and 30 was overweight, over 30 is obese. So I am overweight, I being 185 pounds, I'm, I fluctuate between 185 and 190, am Based on BMI, I am overweight. So this is trust me when I tell you this. This is not me tooting my own horn. I'm actually a lot have a a bit about a bit less muscle on me than I used to. I used to walk around at 200 pounds. Um, so I used to have a lot more muscle on me. Nonetheless, I am considered overweight based on BMI, and this is why on an individual level using the BMI scale can be very not useful because me at 185 pounds or another person like me at 185 pounds and Johnny over here, who's also 185 pounds, but doesn't weight train, doesn't eat quality foods, eats eats Franken foods, drinks soda every day and does all these other things. Although we're the same weight and the same BMI, we are not the same Metabolically, we are very different metabolically. So the use of VMI as any kind of metric for an individual is mostly useless, to be totally honest. It's mostly useless. It, you can look at a person to some degree and give the same sort of like general guess as to whether or not they're healthy. And you don't know if you're actually right you don't know. You're just taking a guess based on how they look. That's basically what BMI is doing. It's taking two numbers, throwing them together and saying, Hey, you're healthy or you're not based on these two numbers. It's just like me looking at you and taking the same guess. So nonetheless, what can we do instead? Well, There's a study that gives a suggestion on what we might be able to use instead, and this is what brought about this idea of talking about the difference between being skinny fat and just fat in general. The study that I'm referencing is called The Paradox of Obesity with Normal Weight. The Paradox of Obesity with Normal Weight. So within the study, they used body fat percentage as their tracking metric, and compared it to the person's BMI. What they did was took a bunch of people, 3,001 participants to be exact, 48% of which were women, 52% of which were men, um, and they evaluated the prevalence of excess adipose tissue, in other words, excess fat, that's what adipose tissue is, in people who were normal weight based on their BMI and compared that to their metabolic health, their cardiometabolic health. So what that means is they took a person who was of normal BMI. So they were between the 20 and 25 BMI range. They checked their body fat, and they compared their cardiometabolic health as compared to other people in the same category, in the same category, BMI category who may have had a higher or lower body fat percentage. So they're using body fat as their metric and they're tracking device instead of BMI. So of the 3,001 participants, 967 of them were of quote normal weight or of normal BMI. And their body fat percentages ranged from, this is incredible between 4% and 49%. So all of these, between 967 people who had a BMI between 20 and 25, their body fat percentage ranged between 4% body fat and 49% body fat. That is a gigantic range. That is a gigantic range. So excess adiposity or excess fat was defined as over 25% for men and over 35% for women. Women on average will have more body fat than men, so they can get away with a little more to a degree. That's the way that it is. And of that, uh, 20, 26% of men and 38% of women had excess adiposity so, or excess fat. So of the 967 26% of the men had excess fat, 38% of the women had excess fat. And that is defined by 25 over 25% body fat for men and over 35% body fat for women. So what's the difference? Why why am I pointing this out? So that that's that's what they tracked, that's what they saw Now, what were the cardiometabolic outcomes? What was the health difference between the people who had over 25 or 35% body fat and the people who had under 25 or 35% body fat? The difference is their cardiometabolic health. The people who had over 25 or 35%, if they're men or women, had higher triglyceride numbers, had higher L- L- LDL cholesterol numbers, and had higher overall cholesterol numbers, and had lower fat-free mass. So they had less muscle and bone density. They had higher blood, sh- uh, blood numbers. Um, like I said, triglycerides, LDL, and cholesterol numbers on average were higher. in all of those people who had body fat percentage numbers that they deemed as excess body fat. So the moral of the story, basically, is that if you use BMI, you don't really know what you're looking at. You don't really know what structure of a person that you're dealing with. Whereas, if you use something different such as body fat percentage, then you can start to understand the structure of the person because not all tissue is created equal. Just because a person weighs 185 pounds, it doesn't mean that all the tissue in their body is metabolically healthy or metabolically, metabolically useful. Muscle is a very active organ and it will utilize a lot of nutrients. Adipose tissue, specifically white fat, white adipose post tissue it has a small level it's not it's not completely metabolically inert but it's pretty darn close and therefore it doesn't have a whole lot of use for your body from a health standpoint so when you lean more toward white adipose tissue aka fat the stuff that we're usually trying to get rid of whether you're you look overweight or not when you lean more toward that then you're in cardiometabolic disease. So this is not only about just having too much fat. The other part of this that you may have missed was those people also had lower percentages of fat-free mass, which means they had less, most fat-free mass is muscle. Fat-free mass is also water in the body and connective tissue and bone. But most of what we're talking about when we talk about fat-free mass, it is muscle is what we're talking about. So when, when you have cardiometabolic issues or chronic disease issues, it is two things. It is not only having too much fat on the body. That is one potential issue. But an equally important and potentially more important issue is the lack of the lack of fat-free mass that you have on your body, or the lack of muscle. So you can think of this as being overfat and under-muscled. Overfat and under-muscled. And this is why a person who, quote, looks fat, who some normal society would look at and go, that person's overweight, can be much healthier than a person who looks, quote, normal, but has very little muscle mass on them and has a lot of fat. Can, that person can be much more diseased than the person over here who looks heavier and looks like they're fat and overweight, how that person can be much healthier. So I believe that this distinction is, is very important. It's super, super important because two things. Number one, on the low end, on the average to skinny side, the skinny fat person You can be metabolically diseased and still have a normal weight, and this is uh, because this is very dangerous. Like that's that's honestly, I think that's much more dangerous than the person who is actually fat, because the person who's actually fat can like you can you you can you can make a decision whether or not you you want to do it because of how you you want to look, whereas the person who's skinny. And they can, quote, get away with eating whatever they want, and they drink all the time, and they have a good time, but they don't put any weight on. Like that, that's a dangerous person because of that. Because they don't see the outward effect of the damage they're doing to their body. And because they do have a metabolism that allows them to, a, to an extent to not become to not swell out, if you will, they are still metabolically unhealthy. And that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. On the other side, when you look at a person, and and this is a conversation for another day that we can dive into more deeply in another, another potentially fact or fiction, but when you look at a person who is over fat or over, you know, actually overweight or obese, bigger, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are unhealthy. Now, now, with that being said, like I said, this is, this is where there's a fine line because there are plenty of people who have excess weight on their bodies who are rather metabolically healthy. And yet, having excess weight on your body for a long period of time, for a long period of time, still the goal should still be to reduce it. That's all I can say is the goal should still be to reduce the excess fat that you have on your body. While you can definitely be healthier than a skinny person who's skinny fat, your goal should still be to reduce the excess fat that you have on your body. Because if you keep that on your body for a long period of time, um, it, it causes chronic issues down the road. So like I said, that's a conversation for another day. But I think it's worth realizing both of these ends: that a fat person can be healthier, and a skinny person can be diseased, diseased, diseased. And another way that you can track your progress is by body fat percentage. Now, not everyone has access to, you know, someone who can pinch them and do calipers or uh, an in-body scanner or a dexa scan or something like that those are all ways that you can check your body fat dexa scan seems to be the most accurate you can do like a water submersion thing that seems to be kind of accurate Uh, in body is another option that you can utilize again it's kind of accurate it's it's much more accurate than the scales that you can buy at home on your own Um, and then again you can have someone pinch uh, do a skin fold test on you so that's pretty accurate depending on the person and their skill level Another thing that you can utilize is waist to hip, waist waist to hip ratio. Waist to hip ratio. This is seems to be this is much more predictive of cardiometabolic disease than BMI is. A waist to hip ratio of one of over one for men is can be metabolically unhealthy. A waist to hip ratio of over for women can be metabolically unhealthy so that's something to look at and all you're doing is measuring your waist from your belly button and then measuring your hips from your hip bones and then dividing your waist by your hips uh, your waist measurement by your hip measurement and that will give you the number that we're looking for Um, and that will give you a better idea of whether or not you are metabolically healthy than your bmi will so that's something to think about nonetheless that's what I have for you today. I think this is an important topic. Um, so to go back to the question, is that fact or fiction? It is fiction that being skinny fat is better than being just overfat. Because, like I said, it, it's actually more dangerous, I would say, to be skinny fat than it is to be overfat. Uh, because your general, like society is telling you and you're telling yourself that you can get away with it. Um, and that's just not true. So adjust your behaviors accordingly. At any rate, if you need some guidance, you can always jump into our free private Facebook group, Good Wolf Community. We will be there to help you and guide you. All of our coaches here from Thriveology are in there answering questions, putting out daily content to help guide you on your health and fitness journey. And of course, you are surrounded by a community of like-minded people, which is probably the most important, if not pretty darn close to the most important thing that you can do as you're making changes because you don't need people around that are pulling you down. You need people around who are lifting you up. So go find Good Wolf Community on Facebook and join. It is free. Make sure that you share with your friends so that they can jump in the community too. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.